Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Voodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Reverend James of Folkfinder.com, located in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. In just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we will be joined by a special guest, Troll Towelhead of satanservice.org, bringing us today's Oracle Hour topic on locomancy. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who had signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you will be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Miss Kat? Hi. All right. This is going to be an interesting show. Um, We have, um, as our guest, our usual board operator. So we're going to get to him in a moment. And we're also making a little bit of a change to the show starting today. You know, um, we have been giving away prizes at Facebook. It's called Facebook Fridays uh, since 2014. Every Friday we run a contest on Facebook. You can enter your name and you can win a prize. It can be, might be a book. It might be an oil. It might be a bunch of books. It might be some bath crystals. It might be anything that we decide to give away. And we've been doing this all these years. But we've always kept it kind of sec- separate from what we do here on the radio show. And it just occurred to me it was one of those things. I woke up in the morning a couple of days ago and I said, why don't we announce the winners on the radio show so people who listen to the radio show know who wins and uh, kind of integrate these different streams of thought so we have a winner in fact we have three lucky winners for facebook fridays for september 1st 2023 and our winners are pam edgecombe minnie starks and raven noir and you guys should contact the Lucky Mojo Curio Company Facebook messages, and we will get your address, and we'll send your prizes to you. So congratulations to the winners. Now, only thing missing from my little announcement paper is what they won, but I'll bet you that if I ask real nice Troll T, we'll type in what they won. I believe it was a copy each of the two books that Aura LaForest wrote. I may be right. I may be wrong. You're um, right. I'm right. <laughs> okay. So they won a copy of Hoodoo Spiritual Baths and a copy of Women's Work. So very appropriate for um, those who I know to be female as winners. All right. Congratulations, all. So other than that, things here are very uh, chaotic. 
Mars finally went off that opposition from with Neptune. Thank God that's over. But we still have Mercury retrograde inside of Venus retrograde. And um, things are chaotic as can be. I don't want to get into it, how chaotic they are, but they are. And if you read the news, there's a lot more chaos in the news, of course. Um, the idea of 73,000 people trapped um <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah yes I, I mean come on and burning man i mean that's that's about as chaotic as it gets right mercury retrograde trapped inside of venus retrograde jeez mcgee's i'm glad i'm not there um so yeah um and the um the other news from around here is we finally got our little stickers our little stickers that say seven days supply and we have converted all of our herb mixes over to be available as a single pack or a seven-day supply. And when you get them, they're going to come in these cute little coffee bags with a cute little sticker that says seven-day supply. And we'll be giving away some of those on Facebook Fridays too real soon, so, so keep your eyes open for that. And um, we are semi-open for Labor Day for those who want to come into the shop. We are closing today at 3, which means we've just closed the shop for the day. And we'll probably be open half the day or maybe a little more tomorrow for Labor Day. So we're trying to take our Labor Day in stages here, a little bit of um, vacation time for everybody. So that's it for Lucky Mojo. Um, How are things with you, Conjurman? Things are, are quite uh, good. We do have a little bit of an echo on the line. Uh, not too bad, but it's, it's definitely there. Uh, so just, just a little, we're going to mention that with Mercury the retrograde. Technology is funky. Uh, bear with us. Uh, otherwise, I'm doing very well. Uh, busy as usual. Watching the Burning Man news with uh, somewhat disbelief, but also like, huh, isn't that typical astro weather and of course you know you've got battered and pisces this entire time so we've been this has been a year of floods and mudslides and things that are happening with water funky things like the fukushima power plant just the other day i was reading an article and i thought about you uh because you brought it up last week or the week before and the article was like Will you eat fish from Japan now? And I'm like, man, I should I should send this to Kat because we've been following this with with a lot of interest and a lot of like, I can't believe this is happening. But it has been a very uh, bizarre year, 2023. I keep I feel like we keep saying that since 2020, we have been saying that every year <laughs> that this is a very weird year and this is a very weird and they seem to be one upping each other each year is like weird in its own different way but uh i am very much looking forward to this labor day weekend it's been i haven't had a, like a solid book for a while so i'm very i'm very much intending on doing absolutely nothing tomorrow <laughs> so we'll we'll see if that actually uh, pans out because I'm notorious for planning on breaks and then just working through them anyways. But well, I'm trying to stick through it. Tomorrow is my relax day. I'm going to recuperate and all will be well. And hopefully everyone else takes the time to relax and recuperate as well. Uh, it's always good to take advantage of those three-day weekends when they show up. Um, Balkan Diviner says um, 
that politicians from Japan made a whole show of eating fish to prove what they've done is safe. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that stuff sure. is always is always is always amusing because people forget that things with like radiation poisoning can sometimes take years and years to really manifest. I mean, it's, there's That's immediate effects, but you're probably not going to see like the most devastating stuff until like ten years from now. So. <laughs> Just bring right. that in mind whenever politicians like, oh, look, I'm eating fish. And we're like, all right, that's fine. And then when you get cancer 10 years from now, don't be surprised. Yeah, we, we need to keep a spreadsheet, you know, of who does what yeah. when. All right. Well, it's, it's, I, and I agree with you. Years. Yeah, check back in 10 years. Each, <laughs> each year so far since 2020 has kind of topped the next. By the way, I think that is troll typing very loudly. How about yeah, you don't don't type type so loud, honey? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, let's see what else is new. Um, well, we're about to do our oracle hour, and this one needs a little bit Which of an explanation. Exciting. Yeah, the oracle hours actually were um, devised by you, Conjurman. He likes mm-hmm. oracle hour, and I got one over, and I'm very fond of it. So um, somebody will go to YouTube and post the URL for Little Eva doing the locomotion, and that person will win a cookie, which I will officially give them. So go right now, go to YouTube, get that URL for Little Eva doing the locomotion, and we're going to post it here, just post it here in the chat, and that person wins a cookie. It's a virtual cookie. So... Um, the Oracle Hour today is Do the Locomancy. Oh, Troll T did it. There it is. Little Eva. Can you type that that's what it is, Troll T? Because now people looking at the chat in later years, they'll go, what was that? Um, so this is a joke that um, Shiva and I have had about um, uh, the Locomancy. Do the Locomancy with me. So Little Eva was a singer and... Um, the Locomotion was written by Carol King, I believe, and um, and it's just a song about a dance called The Locomotion, and it talks about chugga, chugga, chugga like a railroad train and so <laughs> forth. But the idea of locomancy is the idea of moving. Loco means, you know, to, to move. And so the, the locomancy, and that's why we have a big picture of a train, um, it, it's... Um, Mancy means divination. So locomancy would mean divination you do while you're moving. In other words, it's not sitting at a table throwing cards. It's not um, reading the tea leaves. It's not um, even so much dream come to you and give you an idea. It's more what some people call signs or omens or some people called hunches. Ah, it was written by Carol King and... Jerry Goffin. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, and so the idea of walking out to receive messages from the universe goes back a long way. And uh, we're going to talk about this. We're going to bring on our guest, Troll Tallhead. Welcome to the show, Troll. Oh, thank you. Well, Glad uh, to have we're we're glad to have you here, Troll. And how are things across the hall? 
<laughs> oh, they're kind of frantic, but they're doing well. We're all on board here and uh, can hear each other. It's a good time. <laughs> That's right. Get on board. Get on board. You all are just a hallway away from each other. <laughs> yeah. Right. We both have our doors closed so we don't um, feedback on each other. Well, I'd like, uh, Troll, would you like to introduce yourself? You're kind of this mystery man. You're a Scorpio. Don't talk too much about yourself. Sagittarius rising. You're you're pretty philosophically abstract. Um, how about it? What is Troll Towelhead doing these days? I'm constructing um, a FAQ, a Frequently Asked Questions video file, that I have posted the beginnings for but will be begin promoting more heavily in YouTube. And um, I've created things in YouTube before, like how to sell your soul to Satan and how to how to mm. engage in beginning idolatry, um, things of that kind. My primary focus is in assisting Satanists and demonolaters in the world. And um, it's part of my uh, pact with Satan um, that I engage that and, um, and have done it out of compassion because of the way that they've been demonized, as it were, by Christians and Muslims primarily. But um, I try to facilitate um, a manipulation of propaganda into something that's viable religion and is friendly and uh, helpful to people. So what is your YouTube channel? I'll post that in just a moment. It's, um, it is it uh, is Troll Talhead's channel, and I'll post it there. Okay. So the name Troll Talhead is confusing to another a lot of people. And um, um, you've been accused of being a troll because you mm-hmm. always poke at people and ask um, questions. And Talhead, um, boy, that dates, dates you. That was a, a negative term that was used during the First and Second Gulf Wars to refer to people who were... Middle Eastern, Indeed. and uh, our our local hardware store here in Forestville, California, had um, T-shirts made. Uh, well, they were really ugly, horrible T-shirts, which were anti-Middle Eastern and anti-Muslim. They were basically they took them down pretty fast. I think they didn't go over really well with the population locally, but um, there was um, there was one that you know, had an angry, snarling face, and it said, eat that towel head, and of so course. forth. And of course. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm very familiar uh, with it. This is the reason why I've taken in the name in part, is because it's been used as an epithet against people, presumably Muslim, but really they were against people who wear turbans. And I happen to wear a turban and um, have adopted epithets as a means of, of gaining attention to Thwart that and turn it into something more positive. Right. Troll is the ultimate epithet for things online, and that's where it really started. Um, the the word uh, the name troll um, extends from troller, someone who trolls and tries to get emotional responses from people by poking. Like you said, I don't usually do that. Um, that's something that has been accused of me, and that's fine. That's that kind of accusation is very very common online. Yeah. So the name Troll Towelhead is is kind of like um, 
you make yourself a kind of a living target. Um, yeah, I'd say so, and and in part associate myself with um, demonized Muslims. That is, I um, will greet people with uh, Muslim greetings like "Assalamu alaikum," and I will I appear in a turban. I have been um, provided with the office of the Grand Mufti of Satanism, which is both outrageous and significant among Satanists. And um, so it, it extends quite a bit. I've also developed things like the um, the faith statement of Satanists that compares to the that of the testimony of faith from Muslims and things of that kind. But you you yourself are n- not Muslim. No, I hope to be. That is, I hope I can be completely submissive to my God in that very generic sense. But while I was asked by a a sheikh or two to take that um, testimony of faith before them and become their their, um, student or their um, devotee, etc., but I have not done that, and I've just been friends to and, and support for those people who are demonized. So that's that answers all your questions about Troll Towelhead, if you had any questions. All right. So <laughs> um, let's get on to Locomancy. So as yeah. usual with these um, Oracle Hours, I'm going to just uh, throw out a few ideas. Um, Locomancy, to me, is related to the Germanic and Nordic um, tradition called the Ausgang, or as it's called in Swedish, Arsgang, which is very funny because in German that would mean ass-going as opposed to outgoing, but it means going out. And um, this is a kind of divination in which on a special day you go out of your house and you walk around, usually at the in the early morning, but you can also do it at any time. It is... Um, written up in the book Trolldom by Johannes Bjorn Gardbach. And it was amazing to me when I was working on editing this book with him how it was virtually identical to the German uh, thing. It's called the Yearly Walk. And Mm -hmm. you you usually will fast. um, But uh, among the Germans, you don't so much have to fast. It's just um, skip breakfast and, and then you go out. And in Sweden, it's very. Um, they have a lot of rules about it. Don't light it. Uh, you haven't, shouldn't have seen any fire or light any fire. Um, you know, they, they say say nothing to anybody. Be quiet. Don't salute anybody. And walk sincerely in stillness and silence. And first, you go to the cemetery, and then you might see things there. And you can predict what the year's crops will be by what you see. You might see small um, figures in the fields, and it will seem like Mm -hmm. sickles and scythes grinding into stones. If you go to a farm, you tap the walls and ask if anyone will die there. If anyone is destined to die, you'll hear a yes or a no from inside the house. And um, if you see mice carrying loads of grain uh, or uh, getting into beer, you'll have a good yearly harvest. If you hear chopping noises, a war will come. If a timber is being made into ladders, it means that the places will be invaded. There will ladders to storm the castles. If you see armed soldiers riding back and forth, you'll know that a war will come within that year. Um, 
if the harvest is going to be poor, you will see few people in the fields, and and so forth. There's it also says trolls and ghosts will be out, and there will be many strange sights. Now you can also do an ausgang or arsgang, um, you know, on your birthday. You can uh, do it, um, you know, just different. Um, different days, but usually it's done on the new year for the tidings of the year. So that's my my first intro to this, was something that I knew about. Um, so Troll, tell us how you got introduced to the idea of locomancy. It really developed naturally for me as an extension of studying symbolism <clears throat> and um using divination tools which are conventional, like um, tarot and um, tea leaf reading and dream interpretation, and especially the the latter two, the dream interpretation, looking through books of what symbols mean, and and the interpretation of of tea leaves in in a kind of inferential way was what really introduced me to the notion of it. And then after that, I began to ha- um, have an, a relationship with a spirit guide who um, provided me with a, directing my attention outside of a bus that I was riding. And um, my attention fell upon things that were re- responses to the questions that I had posed internally, but not answered, expecting a response of some kind. And in my attention, that thing that I saw outside was that I could interpret as a response. And now you were wondering about examples, so I have a couple of examples prepared. Um, for example, if I'm riding on a public bus and I'm looking out the window as we're going along, I'm contemplating what I'll be doing for money in the future. I'm not yet paying attention to the things outside, but I'm considering what changes are happening in my life. I pause and stop thinking about it. And I just simply look and ride along, and outside I see a billboard, and that billboard has on it a message that says, we are looking for graphic designer. And I put a a URL in the, the chat here of an example of what I might see outside. And that's easily, for me, understood as a response to the thought that I was having about what I was going to be doing in, in the future if I'm not going to be doing these things and everything's changing in my life, etc., etc. Another example would be thinking about my projects and how to go about getting people involved with them for long periods of time rather than them coming and going as they have minor interest. And I wonder, what's the best, best method to do that? And I stop thinking and I simply look outside the bus and notice that there's something moving in the sky and I see that there are seagulls flying in the sky and they're flying in parallel and I notice this and I interpret this to mean that I should seek out people who are more alike to me and fly in this are flying in the same direction so that we'll do more more often things together so those are examples and those kinds of things occurred to me in multiple places, um, not just on buses, but it eventually developed into an internal conversation that I could have at any time. It didn't require symbolism. 
I don't usually use tarot or many other kinds of divination these days because that was my desire in part was having readings for myself and having that kind of um, understanding and intuitive um, communication. So this is very similar to the hoodoo practice of looking for signs after casting a spell. Mm-hmm. Um, the example that you know came to me one time was I was you know working a spell for some person to contact me, and I, I turned on the television, and in those days they were tube televisions it had to warm up, and so it warms up, and um, and then. What I heard was some actor saying, here he comes now. And then they all say, hi, so-and-so, and and that was that person's name. And I thought, well, he will contact me. So that's that's another uh, type of sign. Now, um, Baldwin Diviner says, would the superstition that a black cat crosses your path unexpectedly be interpreted as a locomancy sign? Yes, it would. And one of the things I tried to mention in reading these from the book Trolldom by Johannes Gardbach is that it's not, again, it's not a just a make-it-up-as-you-go-along kind of divination system. There are things that mean something that have a common belief in that culture. So that um, if you if you see... Um, a certain things you will um, have that that will come true. Yeah, there and, are conventions that are social conventions which many people understand. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, just as another example, the one you said graphic designers wanted. You know, that's a that's the kind of thing. If you go out and you may go up and down a road a, a bazillion times, but then suddenly a, a a new sign is put up, and it it just hits you. It has to do with what you're interested in. So um, there's the question of how do you engage in it. So you talked about um, doing this while being driven. So you're not actually driving. You're on a on public transportation. That kind of yeah. frees your mind. I think that's yeah, my yes, I'd, life. I'd say I would engage what I call. Uh, a condition of repose, which is where I'm not actively engaging other than mm. to observe. And and I've associated that with trance states, but it needn't be so formal. Um, I do think of it as related to meditation, and I do think of it as connected with something other than being active in the world. It helps to be sitting and, and, and being taken someplace because you can be moving and see all kinds of different things without having to do anything yourself and be occupied. Driving, for me, would be more of a challenge if I were to do that, but I could now. Mm-hmm. How about you, Countryman? Have you ever engaged in this locomancy? Yeah, I mean, when we first proposed uh, locomancy, I will confess that I was like, I don't know what this is about, so I'm just going to hang out and listen. <laughs> and in fact, I think I said those exact words uh, last last week is, oh, I'm very much looking forward to this, and I just want to learn what it's about. But now, as it's been described, particularly before the show, now I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, the, this this uh, um, is a fascinating balance between passive observation, the, the repose, I love that, the way that uh, Troll Tower had mentioned that. Uh, I love the idea of repose. I love the idea of reception. 
and being open to receiving signs, omens, et cetera, whether you're out uh, out and about or, or listening for names or whatnot. But there's also an active component here. You're moving. There's actual motion involved. Uh, and so this, this balance between passive and active really is conducive to trance-like states where I think some of the strongest divination happens. When you're able to sort of reach that state where you're not just a passive observer, but you're not completely fully actively trying to manipulate, which is more magical in nature, you find that sort of balance. You get a lot of interesting uh, results. It reminds me in some ways of the way that the Romans would observe omens themselves. They would, for example, if they were looking for birds, they would actually cordon off a portion of the sky. They'll go, they'll take a staff or a stick, particularly the flamens, and go, okay, this square of the sky, if something arrives here, I'm going to interpret it. So there's a passive and active component of it. And for me, <laughs> this is strongly tied for nature. As a, as a hardcore Torian person, uh, I go for walks. And in Middle Eastern cultures, walks are incredibly spiritually enlightened. And there's a whole health component to it. It's a constitutional. You go out, it helps with digestion, all that stuff. But it's also the idea that the majority of omens that you will experience in your life will come in two forms, either in the form of dreams, where uh, dreams are understood as a portion of prophecy, or out in the natural world as you are walking. And so what Muslims do and what Middle Eastern, many Middle Eastern cultures will do is say a small prayer before they step out of the house, uh, Lord, I take refuge from uh, evil of the world. I take refuge from falsehood. I take refuge from lies. And you truly knowledge uh, where you shall guide me. And some do like a full-on Muslim prayer where there's like two rakar, uh, like the, the actual forms that, that Muslim prayer takes, the salat. Uh, and others just sort of do a really brief supplication. And then they walk out the door, and then they're open to what omens and signs will come their way. Most of these omens are, and signs are specifically nature-related. What flower do you see? What bird crosses your path? What animals you encounter? Those are all incredibly meaningful. You come across a fox. You come across uh, a mountain lion. You see a bear. You see a bird. You see a snake that crosses your path. All of these are ways of examining omens. So it's slightly different than just omenology. There's an element of actively pursuing the omen by going out and moving through the world. And that motion is what brings the omens to you. It's an incredibly of working, but it does take some time to build your omen vocabulary, wouldn't you say? Like, you have to be like, mm -hmm. just because a hawk crosses your path doesn't necessarily mean you know what the hawk means. And it takes yeah. a little bit to figure out what the sign or the omen is, even if it's just, like it shows up right across your path. And these are cultural, uh, yes. cultural meanings, um, and uh, to them. Now, I, I have another book here. This book, Hunches by Lloyd Kenyon Jones, and he doesn't. He takes the same idea. He calls these motivating hunches, and he doesn't mean that they motivate you to do something. Mm -hmm. He means these are hunches that appear when you're on a train. Um, or um, a subway, or the elevated in Chicago. And he gives many examples of these in mm -hmm. in his uh, book, Hunches. But he gives one here of a woman 
who every evening rode the Howard Street elevated train in Chicago to go home from her job, and she always rode in the last coach. And one evening, um, she was about to get on, and a friend that she didn't, hadn't seen before came up to her and started talking to her. And she said, I've got to go, I've got to go. And this friend said, no, you don't have to go yet. Just wait a minute, and kept on talking. And just as she got there, the door closed, and she was not able to get on the train. And the, this uh, train made a wreck, and people were killed and especially the last car of the coach, people were injured. So this is one of those things. Now, who had the hunch? Was it the lady who was going to get on the train, or was the lady who talked to her and said, no, you don't need to go yet? You know, you you wonder sometimes when these things happen. So I mm-hmm. love the idea of hunches having a meaning. There's a guy named Roger Rabo who wrote a, a dream book, and he had a section on hunches as well. And it was called Things Seen When Walking Down the Street. Right. And he had a long list of them and what they meant, whether they were lucky for gambling, whether they were unfortunate. Um, if you if you saw a poor old man, you should immediately contact your father, he said, if your father was alive. Something was wrong with your father. And he he had these were he was African American and these came from the African American cultural repertoire of ideas, mm-hmm. and so and the idea of of these hunches or these motivational divinations or whatever you want to call them is found in many cultures. Yeah, yeah, and we should note that they, a lot of cultures distinguish um, or have multiple types of these quote-unquote hunches or omens or signs. There are those that appear externally and those that appear internally. One thing to note is that as you're doing this, uh, you can encounter a sign or an omen or a hunch out there. Like the as you pointed out, there's a whole definitions of what you encounter as you walk down the street, right? Or what you encounter as you walk in the woods, what animal crosses your path, what clouds you see, etc. But the other way that you could do this is to note what you're feeling. This is another really powerful way because what you're doing is reconnecting to your body to a certain extent. And we in, in the modern world are really disconnected from our body. We don't always, and like one of the things that my doctor friends always point out is that they've noticed that people can't identify sources of pain anymore. They know they hurt, but they're like, okay, so where does it hurt exactly? And they're like, uh, kind of in this region. And they would say that, well, 20 years ago, someone would be able to identify much more clearly. Oh, this is like my spleen. Oh, I feel it in my, in my gallbladder. I feel it in my toe. Like there, there's a difference here. There's, so there's a disconnect from our bodies. What locomancy can really do is help you to reconnect so that as you're walking, the active motion in nature can help you reconnect to your body. And then you can feel. Listen to what you feel. Are you feeling anxious? That should give you an answer. Are you feeling calm mm-hmm. and serene after you ask a question? So, for example, if I'm going to ask, should I marry this person? And then I go and I do this. Um, uh, I'm going to go and walk uh, and, 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 you know, experience or ask this question. Should I marry this person? I'm going to take a 30-minute walk through the, the forest. And a, a sense of calm comes over me. A sense of peace comes over me. Uh, a, a sense of, of relaxation comes over me. That gives me an answer. Right? That tells me something. If, on the other hand, I go out and ask, should I marry this? Go on the walk and I feel stressed and anxious and I keep looking around, that feeling also gives me an answer. 
So it's not just the omens you feel out there or see out there, but it's also what you feel internally. Those internal hunches are also divinatory in their own. Yeah, I'd add to that too that the um, personal significance that one has in one's own life is a dimensional addition to that. That is, the cultural um, icons, symbolism, etc., are excellent background. And I may be reading a book, for example, um, about mm-hmm. magicians or about some other kinds of subject matter, and that. Uh, language that uh, the things that are within that book may become an element of the things that I'm seeing in my journeys. And so a a personal, something that I personally associate one thing with another are Mm -hmm. um, possible to interpret as one's uh, overall result. Yeah. One of the things that Lloyd Kenyon Jones says is that you can have this happen to you once, twice, three times, and you're going to go, well, that was really interesting or that was really weird. Until you develop it, it doesn't become reliable. And so he says that one of the ways to develop it is to tell people that it's happened, even if they're skeptics, Tell them, this thing just happened to me. I saw this, and this came true, whatever it would be. There used to be a magazine called Fate Magazine, and they published people's stories like this, where they would say, you know, I I was walking by a house, and there was just, um, I had this idea that, what if this house would catch on fire? And I went on my way, and on my way home, the house had already burned to the ground. And... Mm-hmm. They, these are strange hunches that are not explainable anyway. And they would send them into Fate magazine, which would print them. What Lloyd Kenyon Jones said is pay attention to this, because if you spend your life as a skeptic or say that such things are not possible because you don't see the connection between the image or the idea and what happens, um, you're never going to develop that psychic skill. On the other hand, and this is why locomancy is sometimes confined to days like New Year's and, and birthdays and things like that, it's very hard to produce on demand. It's, it's mm. not like um, like shuffling tarot cards and laying them down or doing a workout on the number of a name. The no, it's problem more like dreaming. With, what? It's more like dreaming, dreaming true or something like that, where you, you're not directly in control of your dreams. If, if you, mm-hmm. and, I mean, you might be, but in the sense that you have to wait for something that's going to occur, and then you interpret it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that is a problem. I mean, you can't. Um, it, it's a problem if you want to be a psychic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you want to get paid for it. All right. Well, this is really great, and I'm glad we shared some stuff here. Um, this is a fantastic always tell people it. your hunches when they come true. Okay. Okay. So um, I guess now we're going to go on to our first client. Thank you, Miss Cat. Stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman, and this week's special guest, Troll Towelhead, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. 
Our call-in clients are selected from among, among those who have signed up and filled a, out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you have filled out a client questionnaire at the forum and you have not already done so, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you will be available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Reverend James, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. However, our first client is in Romania, and they are also in the chat. It is Balkan Diviner. Um, He indicates that he has not had a reading on this situation before, and he writes, I want to obtain my driving license. I am autistic, and I tend to be sensible as well as easily frightened at times, which is obviously a disadvantage in the traffic. Can I actually obtain my driving license and become a decent driver? I am a Leo, and the driving instructor who I consider working with is a Capricorn. Turning it over to you, Ms. Cap. All right. So, um, first of all, Balkan Diviner, you've hit on something which I'm going to give you a little statistical knowledge of. Um, Many autistic people do not get their driver's licenses, either out of fear of sudden events happening, um, they react um, in kind of unpredictable ways when, when a sudden thing happens. So you're not alone in being an autistic person who might have difficulty. On the other hand, I know plenty of autistic people who do have their driver's licenses. But I would say that overall, if you took autistic people versus uh, neurotypical people, the percentage who do not drive would be higher among the autistic people. Just saying. So now I'm going to, uh, which means if you fail, don't beat yourself up. I don't drive either. Just saying. <laughs> okay. Um, so now I'm going to uh, read the cards for you. So uh, card number one is called the Four of Coins. And this shows a little king outside of a town. He's got two coins under his feet. He's holding one, and there's a fourth one over his head. He's in a bit of a hunched over position, he's a little worried looking, and he's outside of town. To me, this says, take it slow and easy. Do pay for, because it's a coin card, do pay for instructions. That seems like a good idea. And you might want to try starting by driving in a less crowded environment, rather than in a city, maybe countryside a little bit, where there's going to be less traffic. That seems what this card would represent to me. But it does show a little bit of concern, a little bit of fear, and it's um, a difficult card. Um, The next card is the Emperor. And now this is the card of the guy who tells you to follow the rules. So one thing that may help you get your driver's license, is to use that autistic mind to memorize the rules and um, pay attention. The person who's going to teach you, who's the Capricorn, would be um, 
a person who can help you with that rule set. And this is a, says something also about sternness and about um, the need to, um, you know, dot every I, cross every T, and be that person who gets everything correct. There is a nice part about this card. The guy, the emperor, is holding an ankh, and the ankh is the sign of long life. And so this says, don't be afraid. You will have a long life. If you feel fear about driving, it's probably not from internally. He's saying, you'll be fine. And the third card is a card of the Knight of Cups, and this is a card of a person on a horse moving forward gradually, step by step. And he comes across a dry desert, and he's holding his golden goblet. You will achieve your goal. If you keep putting one foot in front of the other, your horse, which is to say your car or your body or whatever it is you're motivating there, you can do it, but um, take it slow and easy. Have a vehicle that you feel safe and secure in. You may need a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more help than some, but it says to me that you will be able to accomplish what you're doing. And I I don't see a lot of problems here um, if you take it slow and easy. The cart, the emperor could also be interpreted, it's in the middle of the set here, could be interpreted as a person who is giving you the test, that you have to pass this test to be able to go on. Um, all three of these cards are not inviting landscapes. One is outside of a city, the other is in a rocky mountain pass, and the third one is in a sandy desert with a little stream of water and then some sandstone cliffs. One of the things that I see in these landscapes is that driving itself needs to be understood to be a convenience, but not an end in itself. Um, there's so much um, difficulty in what driving and what individual you know, cars and stuff have done to the landscape. It's just so odd that these landscapes are not that pretty. All right, but I think you can do it, um, and I'm I'm hopeful for you. I'm going to turn this over to Troll and see what he says. Well, I'm out walking um, now in the garden, and uh, I was taking some of your direction actually by taking things slowly and uh, walking about and thinking about. Balkan Diviner's questions. And we've got a little piece of paper here. The first thing that popped out at me while doing so was a bench that we have here. And the significance of the bench to me as I saw it was to take a seat, to, to rest while engaging in the test itself. That is to, to be a little bit less engaged in the process and try to think of yourself in some ways as a passenger, maybe simultaneously, or maybe to do that in preparation, like to be a passenger and pretend you're um, taking a test. I'm not certain. As I walked along, 
I then saw two flying insects. One was a moth, a white moth I recognized, and the other was a swallowtail, a tiger butterfly that we sometimes have here. And I got the impression from them that they are light in what they're doing. That is to, in a similar way, put less emphasis on the result, to really tread lightly in the things that you're doing to engage that test. Take things slow, like Miss Cat said, and to not be so attached to the result. If you fail, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. Don't worry about that so much. Um, and the last thing that I have that I'm seeing here is abundant flowers. And that happens to be uh, a large part of this yard, but it's also the resurrection lilies that are out all over the place. And I would say that some of that has to do with taking your time, enjoying the beauty of the experience, and looking less at what it might be that is happening and more enjoying the the event that's taking place, even if it's a test for you. Wow. I know exactly where you are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're having a very big bloom of the naked ladies or um, Amaryllis belladonna or whatever you want to call them, the pink resurrection ladies. We had a drought for five years. It rained all winter, and they are blooming more than we've ever seen. It's amazing. What a beautiful vision that is. All right. Well, um, thank you for walking around. Um, That's great. I also know where that tiger swallowtail hangs out. I know exactly where you are. Um, So we're going to turn this over to Conjurman, and he's going to come up with some ideas for Mm -hmm. spell work for you for Balkan Diviner. Yeah, I'll say first, uh, Troll Talahead's reading was so cool. I love that we got a chance to see them go outside. And there was a sort of serenity to to it. (laughs) I don't know about you, Kat, but it certainly brought, like, the entire mood became very cool and very serene. That's a very cool type of reading, right? Like, you could could hear, like, the nature out there, even looking at the the bench and the way that the bench was described. I love that. That was a very – that was a wonderful treat and why I love these oracle hours, because you get to see examples that are are really cool like that. So what I'm going to do is give you uh, some root work recommendations for what would be ideal in your case. Uh, What I want you to first do is go and gather some cross roads dirt. Um, Generally, you can leave three coins. Not everyone in the tradition of hoodoo does that. Uh, Some treat the crossroads similar to the cemetery as having a spirit, and so you leave three coins. I know that in Virginian Condra, North Carolina, and South Carolina Condra, we did leave coins, but that's not always the case. So depending on what your original practices are and what you're comfortable with, um, just bear that in mind that there's not like a, a, a hard fast rule of you have to leave coins. I also know people who always leave a little small bottle of whiskey. Others just gather the crossroads dirt with a prayer. But you want to gather the crossroads dirt near your house, one that has a very good spiritual energy to it. And you're going to bring the dirt back and you're going to make an X on your altar, a dedicated space. You're going to make an X with that dirt. 
then you're going to get yourself a talisman of protection. If you're Catholic, you can use St. Christopher, or if you're comfortable with Catholic iconography. Uh, if not, you can just use any type of personal medallion. It can be a religious symbol. It can be a small silver pendant, whatever it is. You're going to anoint this with safe travel oil and place it right in the center of that X you've made with the dirt. You're going to place a small bowl over it, and you're going to take yellow candles that you've anointed with safe travel oil, and you're going to burn it on that bowl for three days while the moon is waxing. If you can start this work by putting the moon in Gemini, all the better. It's not required, but it would be even better. And you're going to do this for three days. On the third day, you're going to take your medallion off, dust the dirt, and you're going to put it on and wear it or keep it in your car. You can put it on the dashboard. You can put it uh, from the rear view mirror. Whatever it is, you can place it there. And that will keep you safe from any type of harm, from accidents, from anything that you might be afraid afraid of while you're traveling or while you're driving. It's a really good way of keeping you safe. Then for your licensing, seven days before you go for your license, I want you to take some Crown of Success oil and anoint your feet and your hands night before you go to bed. On the day of your license, you're going to take the dirt that you had used from your your, your work, the crossroads dirt, you're going to put a pinch in both shoes, anoint your feet with crown of success oil, put your shoes on, and then go for your exam. And this will ensure that you pass and get your license as you so desire. And then once you have your license, your, your body and your car will remain safe because you have that talisman. So you get a sort of multiple parts here, one for success in your licensing work and one for uh, protection for travel. Uh, um, I think you also got some really good practical advice about using things like your memorization skills to really study in advance. Another sort of practical strategy here, uh, and I know that some of my autistic friends who do uh, drive do this, uh, they plan their route in advance. Uh, and they're very sort of meticulous about the routes that they take and which routes they're comfortable with and which routes they're not comfortable with. And so they just sort of stick to what is familiar uh, in order to manage uh, any sort of unexpectedness. Um, so that's just a little bit of practical advice that you can add on to the root work here. But if you do this, this will ensure the safety of your body, the safety of your vehicle as you travel, while also helping you to get your life. Let's see if Miss Cat. Uh, or trial, uh, Troll Tell had anything further to add or any further root work that they can recommend. Okay. I am going to add a couple of things. There is a, um, a Hebrew prayer called the Traveler's Prayer that people use. Um, you can buy them online, laminated, all gold and red lettering and everything. Very cool. Uh, of course, the St. Christopher medal. Um, and... The question I had for you, Contraman, was you said seven days before you go for the license test, anoint your feet and hands. And do you do that every day for seven days? or just Every, first? Night, every, every night, night for okay. seven days. You anoint your hands and your feet. And Got then it. on the final okay. day, you add the pinch of crossroads dirt into the shoes. Got it. Now I understand. Okay. And put crossroads dirt in the shoe. Okay. Now I get it. Um very logical spell. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add, Troll? 
Um, I I was partly um, on the route here, but I think I uh, did not hear you say anything about possibly carrying some Crown of Success uh, sachet powder in your pocket and mm. putting snaky mm-hmm. lines on the actual written portion of the test so that the person mm. could, um, who was grading it might be persuaded. Ah, that's good. So Crown of Success sachet, which is used to dress papers, you could mm-hmm. actually, they'll usually give you, at least in the US, USA, they give you a little test book to practice on. Yeah. And so you would um, uh, dress your your at-home test book. And then you're saying to carry a little bit of that in your pocket, just pocket. put your finger and put your finger in wavy snake lines uh, and do the real self. book too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a piece of paper, I think, but it might be a book. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's good. There's usually for us anyway. I don't know how it is in Romania. There's a written portion and a performance portion. So he's talking about the written portion. Very cool. That's a that's a great way to do it. So um, I have good hopes for you, Balkan Diviner. Um, Balkan Diviner also says in chat, I also plan to have a crown of success candlelit for me during the period. And I think that's a a, a good idea. Um, mm-hmm. We do that kind of candle. We can do an emergency candle that, for free. You don't need to have a big old candle. And um, a lot of people call us to have a uh, an emergency candle lit on the day that they're going to take a test. I cannot tell you how many hundreds of such candles I've lit and my friends and colleagues at Missionary Independent Spiritual Church have uh, lit for people. Just call all one. Go ahead. I was just going to say, just call 24 hours in advance or email mm. at least 24 hours in advance. What were you going to say, Troll? If you're all at all interested or... Um, faithful of Hindu deities, then you might petition uh, or have a candle for Krishna, who's a chariot driver, and um, who might assist you in your test taking. Well, that's fantastic, yeah. There are, mo- there are many deities that, that are associated with travel, protection, success. They're all kind of rolled up into one, the Roman god Mercury, of course. So there's a variety of different deities that, uh, that can be mm-hmm. called upon here. Indeed. Ah, looks like Cat has been bumped out of the. I'll get her. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we'll get her back on. But thank you for trusting us with your situation, both in Diviner. We wish you nothing but the best and success. Do let us know how it all turns out. If you pass your license, uh, we'll all do a little cheers and cra- congratulations to you. All the best. We're going to take a quick break for an announcement, and we're going to be right back with our next caller. Thank you, Conjure Man. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics. The first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. 
Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's second client. Our client is Edith, calling from area code 323. Are you there, Edith? Okay. Uh, um, she's not there, but maybe not. she will be able to get onto the line at some point here in the near future. So we'll just continue. And um, she indicates that she had a reading on the situation with Miss Cat about three months ago. And she writes, Miss Cat said a young man would come into my life due to the Nine of Cups in my reading. But I don't understand my romance situation. It feels like young men come into my life, and then there is a long period of flirtation and courting, and then the whole thing dissipates before materializing into a love story. I'm wondering, am I being impatient? Is the person that's supposed to come here yet? I met someone recently, but it's not clear if he is that person. I'm guessing I'm just seeking more clarity about how to navigate love because it feels confusing. Turning it over to Miss Cat if she's here. <laughs> All right. So I'm just going to briefly um, uh, just say something. The Nine of Cups, to me, is the wish card. Your wish will come true. But I wouldn't. It would, could be a young man. I think that would have been what I would have said with the Nine of Cups. Nine of Cups says to me, socialize more, and you'll meet somebody. But you have to get out and socialize. It might have been a different card, and um, but. I'm pretty firm that I would not read the Nine of Cups as meaning a young man. I think, so I think we'll, it was Knight, we'll, Knight of Cups. Oh, Knight of Cups. Ah, Knight yes, the Knight of Cups, of Cups yes. is someone approaching you. Yes, that is a young man approaching you. Yes. And it says you will have to go through a number of people to look through a number of people to find the right one. It's not going to be, they're not going to stand out immediately. But I'm going to turn over this reading to Conjure Man, okay? Uh, so Edie says, I think we're pronouncing the name right, uh, that they are in the queue, uh, but I don't see them in the queue. Uh, so if, if you can just put your area code once one more in the chat, we'll definitely try to make you live so that we, you can, we can chat with each other. Uh, but I don't unfortunately see you in the queue. I see everybody else, but not Edie. Uh, we'll definitely try to make it, yeah, three, two, three. Uh, I have no 323 here, uh, unfortunately, right now. But I will try to make you live if, if, if you appear on there while Miss Cat is or while Troll Towelhead is doing the next reading. But I will pull a few cards here. Um, now, uh, Miss Cat said that there is someone that will appear in your life soon. Knight of Cups uh, is... Uh, what the reading indicated here. Uh, whenever uh, the Knight of Cups shows up, there is an element also, in, and I'm not going to speak for Ms. Cap, but for me, whenever the Knight of Cups shows up, there's always an element of reassessing what your values mean, because the Knight of Cups is holding something cherished in their hand, and sometimes they don't realize what they're holding because they're walking through the desert. So there's an element there of, of, of cherishing or rethinking what your values are. The first card is the Hermit card. The Hermit card indicates someone who has been waiting for a while, someone who has uh, been perhaps alone even for a while, but who are holding out full hope. It is a person in a lonely and bleak stance, 
Uh, they're up on a mountain, but they have a lantern in their hand, and the lantern indicates that there is still hope there, that there is still a desire, a beckoning, come forth. It does also indicate that there may be some things about the past that you're holding on to or past patterns that you're reflecting on that you might want to be mindful of here. It does indicate um, that the hermit tells us that Maybe you've become so used to this pattern of people showing up and disappearing that you, you you dwell too much upon it. Or perhaps you're dwelling too much on someone who showed up and then disappeared. But there's an element of sort of something lingering within your heart. And that lingering within your heart can close you off to other opportunities that are in your life. The next card is the Ace of Pentacles. This is a further confirmation of what Miss Cat said. Uh, Miss Cat has very clearly indicated that someone is coming in your, into your life soon. The Ace of Pentacles is just a confirmation of that. The Ace of Pentacles is literally a gift. It's the hand of God reaching out, reaching out uh, and giving a golden coin, indicating that some type of gift will be given to you. This young, this person that will show up into your life might be identified. They might literally hand something to you. Like they, maybe they'll hand you a drink or they'll hand you a gift or they'll give something to you and that's how they'll be identified. Like, oh, that's who this person is. They've handed something to me, quite a literal physical object. So I'm not saying metaphorically. I mean, quite literally, they will hand something to you. And when they do, that's an indication. Ah, this is the person that was Miss Cat had predicted. They had showed up in my life. The final card is the Queen of Cups. The Queen of Cups is a reminder to remain steady, unchanging, to remain patient, even as the tide ebbs and flows. Look to be, look to the inner meaning of things. So this is a person who's scrying. They have a golden goblet in their hand, and they're peering into that golden goblet, meaning that you can see the true matter of things, even as the waters ebb and flow. So don't be too um, taken aback or shaped by or or, or affected by the coming and going of the people in your life. Instead, remain stalwart, remain fixed, remain faithful that why, no matter who comes and who goes, the person that is meant for you will be in your life. So the overall, the cards here just confirm what Ms. Cat had already told you. This person is on their way. They will appear, remain steadfast, and you will achieve the promise. All right. Well, I I did hear yeah I did hear Nagashiva clumping down the stairs in his yeah, boots <laughs> and going out the door. So let's turn this over to our remote location. <laughs> remote location. Hi, Edith. Uh, this is Troll reporting from the remote location. Um, I started in the house this time, and when I moved about and began to wander, the first thing that I encountered was air-cushioned shipping materials. That is, it was buffering. It seemed to me that it was something about being cushioned away from the um, situation. Um, I then exited through a door, and it had all kinds of cobwebs on it. I noticed that, that it was an a relatively unused door, and it may be that what where you're going through is will be a challenge because it's unused, you are unused to it. Um, then I wandered a bit further and I headed towards the shop, and I went in through 
a door I expected to be open, but it was locked. And this was significant to me. I thought, there will be unexpected doors for you that will be locked to you, and you have to find another way through. My key would not open this door. I had to go to a different one instead. And I suggest to you that it will be for you a challenge of this type. I then went into the shop and looked around, and the two items struck my consciousness most firmly. The first was an unlit lantern on the shelf, and the second, right after it, was Dusty's light near to the door, which I was just about to exit. And to me, this was an indication that this is the type of person that you should be looking for, someone who will hold out a light for you, who has the capacity to provide for you something illumined and a clarification themselves about who they are, not just something that we tell you, but something that the person that you are engaged with now or will be engaged with should indicate that they are shining a light to you, and that will be the indicator and the sign for you about their appropriateness. So I need to step in here and explain who Dusty is, because I don't think this person would know. Um, Dusty (laughs) is a statue um, six and a half feet tall of a wizard holding up a crystal ball, but in the crystal ball there is a light bulb. So it's called... We call Dusty the biggest night light in Forestville. And Dusty stays, Dusty stays lit day and night. So at the night, if you're wandering around our property, you can always see Dusty in the window holding that light. So that's what he's talking about. Right. Um, so this is interesting because of the, the lights that you saw and, mm-hmm. um, um, uh, and the light orb. Now, I like this because um, Contraman also saw the hermit, and that was a, a character who holds a lantern as well. That's right. So if I'm going to be doing the uh, root work here, I'm going to recommend that we do some work that involves a lamp, a lantern, a candle, or something like that. So you can use an oil lamp, you can use a series of candles, you can use a glass-encased candle, but I think you need to do some prayer work and lantern work of some kind. Now, we have a book called The Guiding Light. It tells you a lot about how to do this. We have other books that tell you how to make oil lamps, and you can also read them online at our forum for free, how to make an oil lamp or how to set a candle. I also wrote a book called The Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic, which tells you how to set lights. So whatever kind of light you choose, and you can choose an LED light too if you want to. Um, We want you to get together with um, your prayers, your petition, what you want. And I would prefer that if you use a candle, it would be a white candle. But it can be any size, any type, But I want you to put the candle or the lamp in a window or on a table near a window, just like our uh, statue of Dusty is right by the door and the window. The unlit lamp, and I'm not sure which one you saw, was it one on the altar or one on the shelf that was for sale? It was on the shelf in the window. 
in the window. Right. So, yeah. So a lamp is no good until it's lit is the message I'm getting from that. Mm-hmm. And the desire for someone to come to you is no good. The cobwebby door also says that um, this is something that you haven't fully engaged the spell work yet. So you have to open new doors. You have to go and set your light in a window, possibly near a door. So get a, a white candle, and I'd like you to write down your wish on a piece of paper. And it can be, you know, uh, may my may my lover come to me, or if you want a husband, may my husband come to me. May I meet whatever it is you want me. If you want to, you know, I want a boyfriend for hot secret sex. Or it might be, you know, I want romance and love um, of the finest kind. But whatever it is you want, you're going to say in that, may my lover come to me, may my husband come to me, may this person come to me. And you're going to put that on a piece of paper, put it under your light, whether it's a candle or an oil lamp. Also, by the way, there's a, um, a video that we did, um, and you can get it for 25 bucks on how to make little oil lamps at home. Miss Michael made that video, and it's really, really good. All right, so whatever kind of light you're going to use, you can dress the light with some oil. And the oil that I would use would be attraction oil mixed with come-to-me oil, because come-to-me is a love oil. Attraction attracts both love and money. You could also... If you wanted to um, add a little bit of fast luck to make it happen sooner, but that's not necessary. So you dress this candle or put a few drops of oil into the oil that's the oil lamp or however you're going to do it. And you're going to set that light. And I would like you to wait until Mercury goes direct and Venus goes direct. Now, you can look this up online, and perhaps someone can help me get me those dates. I know that Venus goes direct on the 15th, and I'm not sure when Mercury goes direct, but it's going to be, you want them both to be direct because this will not work until then. And if you use an LED lamp, um, you can just um, use um, LED uh, candles. Um, and Dr. Sweet says red LED candles. No, they would. They should be white. Uh, this is a white. This is an unknown person you're calling to you. And so you want to have both Mercury and Venus going direct. And I would start after that, with the, the first date after that, when the moon is starting to grow. So again, you'd look for the dark of the moon and then the first crescent or first sighting of the crescent moon. And I would start then... As the moon grows, keep that light in there in the window every night. Now, be fire safe and just say your prayer. Spend a few minutes in prayer with this light every um, evening. Light it at sundown and say, let my light shine and draw this person to me like a moth to a flame. You know, like Prince Charming to Sleeping Beauty, let this person come to me. And... I think that that's going to do the work for you. When it gets to the full moon, I would stop. If you don't, haven't met anybody by the full moon, stop. Thank the spirits that be and wait. While the moon goes down, you're just going to wait it out and then start again the next mm. month. Okay? So uh, has anyone looked up that date? When is Mercury yeah, direct? September 17th is when it goes direct. It's stations the 16th and direct on the 17th. 
17th. So first Venus goes uh, direct and then Mercury goes direct. Yeah. Okay. And so that's really great. And then after that, again, I'm, I'm here just sitting here on the phone. Somebody look up when will we see that first crescent after that? Because that's when she should be starting this um, thing. And you, when you do such a spell, in my opinion, you want to talk to the spirits. You want to talk um, to God. You want to say exactly what you want. Now, there's a kind of candle that some people use for this, um, which is called the secret desires of my heart, secret desires of my mind, secret desires of my body. And it has three little panels on it, which you write your secret desires. We sell very few of these candles because people don't know how they work. But you can write three wishes on those candles, and that's how we would do it. Do you have the time when the first crescent would be sighted, Contraman? Uh, the moon will be waxing on the 17th. 17th. Okay, so this is all coming up yeah. real quick. Okay. Um, moon is waxing on the 17th. Okay. Um, yeah, but you want to you wanna wait just a little bit because the moon will be uh, uh, conjunct Mars, so it's not particularly good. So maybe wait until Wednesday of that, or you can start to, if you want to wait until Friday, that works as well. Ah, wait until Friday. Okay, got it. Okay. Yeah, that way That's good. I love, I love the way the timing goes. Now, when you do this, you can light this candle, a new candle every day, or you can light one big candle and relight it. I don't like to use glass candles and have them put them out and then relight them because they tend to get all sooty. Better to use an oil lamp or something of that nature. And um, you can make a little floating uh, wick light using um, almond oil and we have those little floating wicks and most occult shops do you just lift them in the oil and um, they will eventually go out you put a new wick in, and that's how you do it um, so that um, that is how to do that spell but be sure you pray and be sure you say what it is that you want mm-hmm. um, so does anyone else have something to add to this root work just that the the you know the shifting tides of men going back and forth may also be tied to the retrograde, and that's what we see in that Queen of Cups. And I think Miss Cat directly addresses this by waiting after the retrogrades. You can avoid the coming and going of that tide uh, that we start to see people show up in your life and disappear. What you're doing is going. I no longer want the fluctuation. So by waiting until after the retrogrades, whether they're Venus or Mercury, you're making it clear that you want something more steady. Yeah, that's good. How about you, Troll? Do you have something to add? Very little. Um, I would just say, uh, based on my uh, divination, be certain that you have all of your previous relationships uh, that you may have had before cleared away and that you're no longer tied to any of them. This is an under-construction project. Be sure that you're not distracted by other things. That's good. That's really good. All right, turning this over now to Reverend James. LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com.
The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James, Mondays 4 to 5.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain in syndication, Tuesdays, the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Deborah Boyd, Tuesdays, 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay in syndication Thursdays. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Troll Towelhead of SatanService.org. Take it away, Troll. Thank you, Reverend James. Okay, I have uh, created the Locomancy Mojo Bag. And this is a spell to create a Locomancy Mojo Bag. Uh, Once it is created, the bag can be carried with you while you're traveling to enhance your psychic abilities while interpreting ordinary things as signs and omens. As an added bonus, you can also add elements for safe travel to ensure your oracular success. This is something I think that Conjuring was mentioning in the presentation of how it can be done to be certain that you're safe and that things go well. Uh, For the spell ingredients, you can start with a flannel mojo bag. You can make it yourself or purchase it from Lucky Mojo. And I suggest a blue one for psychic vision, or if you want to emphasize travel safety, you could make it yellow. Gather at least one charm to be put on or to sew on the bag. I suggest an eye charm for psychic vision. And you might also consider adding an anchor charm for safety and travel. Also gather a small amount of any of the following roots and herbs. Particularly, I suggest comfrey root for safety while traveling, but add to that uh, one or more of the following. Acacia leaf, bearberry leaves, dandelion root, flax seed, whole mace arrow, star anise seed, or yarrow flowers. All of these things are specifically intended to assist with your psychic abilities. Then, You might also choose amongst these crystals to assist your psychic development and power. Azurite, Iolite, Isis Calcite, and Nebula Stone. Assemble some incense for smoking the completed bag, at least psychic vision. You might want to consider adding a bit of safe travel incense to that as well. And I recommend psychic vision oil to enhance spiritual insight. I'll get into how to use that in just a moment. What to do once you've made this selection 
assemble the roots, herbs, and crystals in separate piles. On your altar or on any flat surface you'd like to use for this purpose. If you'd like to accent your work, do this on a Monday or do this on a Monday on a full moon in October or November. Set the charms on the flannel bag in the center of those piles with the roots, herbs, and crystals arrayed around them radially. Light some of the incense nearby. You can mold it into cones and burn them on fire-safe discs or trays. If you like, make a triangle of these cones about the circular array you've constructed. Breathe in some of the incense before proceeding with the bag construction. Beginning with the items closest to you, envision the roots, herbs, and crystals changing into indiscernible figures. Squint your eyes and visually morph them into blurred, indistinct shapes. Begin interpreting these shapes as other things, knowing that your activity convey, conveys a message to the bag components that you want their help while carrying the bag to interpret ordinary objects in the foreground or background of your perception in symbolic ways as signs and omens meaningful to you. Proceed clockwise, and once you've returned to the items directly before you, open the flannel bag, take a pinch of each of them in the same sequence, waft them briefly through the psychic vision incense smoke, and place them inside the bag, always with the intention of enlisting their help with your psychic skills. After all the components from the altar or table are in the bag, speak or sing into the bag. I know you'll get to like it if you give it a chance now. Come on, baby, do the locomancy. Compose additional lyrics from Little Eva's popular song, The Locomotion, if you like. Then tie the bag with three square knots so that it will not easily reopen. Then anoint the bag with psychic vision oil. Sew any charms onto the side of the, onto the, side of the bag that you've left out of it. Then carry the bag with you when you take divination journeys. And that's it. That's nice. Very um, cool. It's a really, really complete spell. And people are saying, "Well, where's?" But what do we say? And there's, all, meanwhile, he's posting like crazy. He's getting all the URLs for all the different parts. And um, yeah, that's a nice one. I, I really like your selection of mace arrows. Something that um, is one of those understudied and underappreciated herbs. Mace arrows are the parts of the flower that encompass the nutmegs, which is the fruit of the nutmeg. It's kind of cool. This might be the first time it's been mentioned on the show, actually, now that I think about it. It may be. It may be. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, my Uncle John used to smoke mace. Oh, really? True. True story. Oh, my Uncle John was a heroin <laughs> addict. He would smoke or ingest anything. But he did. He smoked mace. All right. And there's the lyrics. He's got the thing for the lyrics. Well, I cannot add anything to the, to that. What do you think, uh, Conjurman? Do you have anything to add to it? Uh, nothing to add, only to marvel that this is such a complete and fantastic spell. I love the use of, of a mojo here to increase one's ability. This type of working where you increase your psychic vision is so good for any type of divination, whether locomancy or dream divination or whatnot, because it helps you to attune your senses 
you magically attune, and that is always going to produce really good results. Um, but I will say I do love the, the composition of the, of the incantation and lyrics as well. What a great way of working. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I actually was walking around singing, um, there's never been a Mansi that's so easy to do. Your little baby sister can do it too. So come on, come on, do the local Mansi with me. <laughs> what fun. Yeah. All right. Well, there is our um, music. I hear it in the distance. Very quietly. <laughs> it should be bumped up a little bit to give us the reminder that we've got to turn this over to Reverend James. There it comes. We're conjuring the music forth one step at a time. Conjure it up a little bit higher. There it is. We still need... There it comes. Thank you. All right. So now we're going to turn this over to Reverend James, and he's going to give us some announcements, and we're all going to come back and say goodbye in our each and own ways. Take it away, Reverend James. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjure Man, and thank you, Troll Towelhead of SatanService.org, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Deacon Millet of FourAltars.com in the high desert of California, bringing us the topic of back-to-school magic. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjureman at conjuremancontulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Reverend James, joining you from folkconjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live at Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radioshow.html. From all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Thank you, Reverend James. And um, thank you, Troll Towelhead, for being our logomancer. And, uh, <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun having you on. You're... Um, an interesting guest. I a hope to have you back. time guest and hopefully yes. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, he, he's been running the board here since 2010, most of the time. So this was um, 13 years in the making, my darling. There you are. All right. Well, happy Labor Day to everybody. Happy Venus Direct. Happy Mercury Direct. See you all later. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye-bye, everyone. Assalamu alaikum. Bye.